Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stardom Cast podcast. This is a podcast where we talk all things about the fantastic professional wrestling company that is Stardom, and we do it in a positive and what I think fun manner. I am your host for this episode. My name is Matt Turner. Fortunately, we will not be joined by my good friend and your good friend, one Mr. Rob Goodwin. We did mention on the myriad of podcasts that we dropped last week, Rob is on a much needed and much earned and much deserved vacation this week he'll be back with us next week um and i did tell him before he left my friend rest up because it is going to be a busy busy summer for us here at the stardom cast podcast because oh boy do we have a fun show for you today obviously we will be reviewing the fantastic uh stardom pay-per-view from this past weekend stardom sunshine headlined by those two cage matches especially that uh Six on six, a widow tie versus Queen's Quest cage match. Yes, we'll be reviewing that. We'll be reviewing the shows from the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th. So those three shows. Uh, at the very end, I guess the main event of this podcast will be, I will be previewing Sarvin's pay-per-view coming up this weekend, Midsummer Champions, which the main event will see Tam Nakano defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship versus Mirai. Obviously, we will be talking about the big news of the blocks being revealed for the five-star Grand Prix. Uh, All the uh, potential, not potential, all the matches that uh, are going to happen, and I'm super, super excited for that uh, as well. But uh, let's get into what's going on, what's cooking on the Patreon this past week, uh, and what's going to be releasing this week as well. Alternate commentary Mike and Himika defend the Goddess of Stardom Championship against the team of Julia and Sherry back from spring of 2021. Sherry and Julia, also known as the ALK Sisters. Also uh, coming up is another alternate commentary for the uh, White Belt here. Patreon members will be awesome. uh, Excuse me. uh, Aja Kong taking on Bull Nakano in a steel cage match. Boy, howdy, we had a fun, fun time watching that one as I've never seen that match before from, uh, I believe, All Japan Women's. 
and uh, boy, that was violent to say the least. Also, uh, the Uetatai Artists of Stardom Championship run, that should be up in your feeds by the end of this week as well. Uh, Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid, their fantastic run with the uh, trios belts, the Artists of Stardom Championships. That is what's coming up, are uh, already in your feed, really, this week. And then coming up next week, we move into the month of July. Crazy that July is just about here, depending on if you're listening to this a day or two late. Um, you're, we're in the month of July, so coming up uh, this week, the alternate commentary will be, uh, we're doing a five-star Grand Prix theme. The alternate commentary will be Hazuki versus Julia, the main event of night one of last year's five-star Grand Prix. So I'm super, super excited to uh, watch that and call that match back with uh, with Rob. And speaking of the five-star Grand Prix, let's get into a little news, shall we? So they uh, announced, as they always do after these pay-per-views, usually after the second match, they do announce that there is going to be, um, um, after the, excuse me, after the first match, they always have some sort of announcement. So we kind of figured, we kind of hinted that uh, they would announce the blocks for this year's five-star, and they are as follows. And boy, howdy, am I excited. Red Stars block, the double champion, the world and wonder of stardom champion Tam Nakano, the 2018 five-star Grand Prix winner, uh, Mayu Watani, former wonder of stardom champion, Saya Kamatani, the 2021 five-star Grand Prix winner, Sherry, the lady who was one win away from making it to the finals last year, Suzu Suzuki, uh, we also have um, former high-speed champions Starlight Kid and Natsupoi. We have what is many people's um, their MVP from last year's five-star, Hazuki, uh, Natsuko Tora, and Ami Sori are in this block as well. So, so former, future, and, uh, well, spoilers, so if you haven't seen the pay-per-view, former, future, and former goddess of stardom champion Ami Sori. And Natsuko Tora is somebody, uh, when they announced... For the tournament a few weeks ago, I'm like, okay, I understand she's a leader of a way to tie, and uh, just kind of not sure where she would follow. Folks, I'm super excited what they've been doing with Tora here the last week. Her aggression is, especially in this Red Stars block, is going to be off the chart. And uh, we'll hit the rewind button here and kind of just go, you know, go go over the uh, matches. I'm super excited in that Red Stars block. So again, quickly the Red Stars block: Pam, Mayu, Saikamatani, Shuri, Suzu Suzuki. Starlight Kid, Natsupoi, Hazuki, Natsukotora, and Ami Sori. We go to the Blue Stars block. We have former World of Stardom champion and last year's winner, Julia. We have uh, the 2020 winner and former World of Stardom champion, Yutami Hayashista. We have former Goddess of Stardom champion and somebody that I think Rob has pegged going really far in this tournament, maybe even winning it, uh, Micah. We have the newcomer to this tournament, well, newer in the past few years sorry anew we have the 2021 runner-up of this tournament momo watanabe we have the uh, 2021 2022 cinder excuse me 2022 2023 cinderella uh winner mirai we have rob's all-time favorite pick for every tournament azumi uh, we have uh the new goddess of stardom champions mina shirakawa and mariah may and we have everybody's favorite theme that is no longer the theme, uh, Hanan. So once again, you have Julia, Yutami, Mikey, Mike, yeah, Mikey, Micah, Soryanu, Momo Watanabe, Mirai, Azumi, Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, and Hanan. 
Okay, so let's just, we're just going to, uh, again, Robert, he always takes off when we have awesome stuff to talk about. They, uh, they now, they dropped the, our Talk is Jericho episode. He decides he cannot be on the show because he's got to be a great boyfriend and uh, do all these things for his girlfriend's birthday. What a guy. And then, uh, obviously, again, I'm joking. He, uh, you know, he, he had this vacation planned out for a while. So, again, uh, enjoy, Rob. You obviously earned it, sir. But uh, let's, let's, it's exciting. Let's talk about these matches in the Red Stars block. Obviously, Mayu and Tam have unfinished business uh, from when Tam left Stars back in 2021. That's going to be fantastic. Um, if you take a look at probably two of the matches from last year's Five Star and folks, I know that we have a lot of new listeners to this podcast. Welcome. And I know that we have a lot of new um, people that are watching Stardom. Go back and watch that entire 2022 Stardom uh, five-star Grand Prix tournament. It's one of the best tournaments in all of wrestling in the last you know, 25, 30 years. Two of the most underrated matches and two matches kind of go under the radar because of just how good the tournament was. Was Hazuki versus Natsupoi. And Hazuki versus Starlight Kid. And we're getting them again this year. And Hazuki, in my opinion, is better where she is now than she was 12 months ago. Same thing with Natsupoi. Same thing with Starlight Kid. So those are going to be barn burners. Um, also, Hazuki versus Shuri. I mean, that's just going to be just fireworks. Yes, please. And again, I talked about how Tor is just like super aggressive. Like super violent. Um, you know, she's been back since... Uh, pretty much the uh, fall of last year. And she's been very, very solid. But now she's really taken over the reins of the leader of Oedo Tai. Uh, basically kind of picking up where she left. Not even picking up where she left off. Just kind of even in like in a better better place in my opinion. Obviously we'll talk about that. We talk about that cage match. But uh, Hazuki versus Tora and Tora versus Shuri. Those are matches I'm really, really looking forward to. Sai Kamatani versus Mayu. Absolutely. Sai Kamatani versus Tam Nakano. Uh, they had three great matches for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Obviously, Tam won the first one. Saya defeated Tam Nakano to start her reign as, in my opinion, the greatest Wonder of Stardom Champion. And then uh, they did have the rematch, I guess the rubber match, if you want to call it, on night two of the uh, World Climax. And that match was absolutely fantastic. But the one thing that I did, you know, they announced that the, uh, the, the, the participants for the tournament a lot of people were saying their dream matches, who they want to see in each block. For me, it didn't matter because all these ladies were fantastic. Obviously, we had the two X's, which uh, we weren't sure who they were going to be. Han and Mariah May, great way to round out the tournament. They really could have shuffled this off anyway, and I wasn't going to complain. Folks, it's stardom. I'm not going to complain anyway. Stardom's great. Wrestling's great. Life's great. But the one thing that I've kind of crossed my fingers that I really wanted to see in this tournament, just really the one thing, was Shuri versus Sayakamatani. For many, many reasons, but for the main reason for me, in 2022, one of the best years ever in wrestling, all around, between AEW, WWE, had their best year, in my opinion, 15, 20 years. I've been on record saying stardom in 2022, had one of the greatest single years ever in the history of wrestling for any company. And leading the pack, in my opinion, the two best wrestlers in all of wrestling, no disrespect to Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns and Will Ospreay, they're all great. My opinion, the two best wrestlers of last year were Shuri and Saya Kamatani. Shuri, for the entire, well, except for the last two days, Shuri, for the entire year, was the World of Stardom champion. Saya Kamatani, for the entire year, plus uh, four, four extra months, was the Wonder of Stardom champion. 
So you had the two best wrestlers, if you're going by, you know, belts and whatnot, and match quality, if you ask me, and drawing power. The two best wrestlers, obviously, they didn't intertwine. I would live to see them have a match, like maybe at a Cork and Hall, where it's like non-title, and they go like a 15, 20-minute draw just to kind of give us that. But they didn't. I understand why. But these two ladies, these two fantastic wrestlers, took, like Sherry, the world of stardom champion. You know, you have the legacy of, Io and Kyrie and Mayu and Utami did such a great job with the uh, World of Stardom Champion Championship that she held for over a year. Shiri gets it in for a year, year to the date, 365 days, somehow even raises, raises the prestige even more. And you can make an argument that Shiri's the greatest World of Stardom Champion. And also in the same time, Sayakama Taani, what she did for the White Belt, the wonder of Stardom Championship. My opinion, the greatest. She, you know, she set the to the record for most successful title defenses. Not only that, but had, in my opinion, the best match, you know, Starlight Kid's best match ever. It was against Saya in that run. Mirai's best match ever in that run. Natsupoi, probably the best match ever, if not one of them, in my opinion, in that run. Tam, those two matches she had with her, you know, in that run. So the fact that we're going to see Shuri versus Saya Kamatani is probably the match I'm looking forward to the most. Um, super excited to see that. I believe night one, we're seeing Shuri versus Suzu Suzuki, and that's going to be fantastic. And I'm really excited to see what Amisori does. She's got a lot to prove. You know, she's made it to the finals, the Triangle Derby. Couldn't pull the trigger and win the belt there. However, then she becomes future uh, stardom champion, loses to Rina, but then they, her and uh, Mirai win the goddess belts. Obviously, this, you know, spoilers. Uh, they just lost them to, um, uh, excuse me, to, uh, you know, Gold Roses. Uh, Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May. So Amisori's got a lot to prove in this tournament. So I'm excited to see what she does there. Obviously, Mayu's Mayu. Tam's the double champion. There's a lot of fantastic matches in that Red Stars block. Let's go to the Blue Stars block. Okay. I really wanted to see um, Micah versus Momo Watanabe. They never really had a true singles match, especially now you have Momo with this heelish character really coming into her own as like you know, one of the big leaders of a widow tie, and Micah ever since Himika retired, being super more aggressive, throwing more punches, bending the rules a little bit more, and we've seen them in the multi-person tag matches, really just going after each other, and uh, just giving us little glimpses. So I'm really glad that we're seeing that. Uh, Zooming Sori new, that's going to be great. Hana versus Mirai, that's going to be great. Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa, the stable mates. I think that's going to be something really, really good. Uh, Mariah May, sorry, new. That's going to be fantastic. But really, the two matches I'm looking forward to in this block, we haven't seen it since the turn. It's going to mean even more. Um, since the turn, a year and a half ago, the end of 2022, um, excuse me, 2021, Momo Watanabe versus Utami. They have not had a singles match. Still don't know why they never pulled the trigger on that. But we were going to see that. And then, obviously, the big match. This is probably the biggest match, you know, first-time match Stardom can make with their current roster, Utami and Julia, which I think they did announce is going to be on the final night. Makes sense. They load up that final night like like crazy. Um, those are the two, really two matches I'm looking forward to in that block, but there's so many, like, Hana versus Julia is going to be good. Hana versus Utami is going to be good. Mariah May versus uh, Momo. Uh, that's going to be like a Styles Clash. I think it's, it's going to be excellent. I'm kind of just looking at this. Again, this isn't my official pick. We'll wait till uh, Rob and I do our official 
five star. I'm going to still, especially coming off this weekend, I'm still going to say I was going back and forth between Utami and Mina. I think it's going to be Utami in the blue block. The red stars block, when they first announced these, again, right after match one before the main event, I figured it would be Sayakamatani because I thought that they were going to do the Queen's Quest split between Utami and Saya. Now I'm not sure if they're going to do it. I think they may keep them as far away as possible, but it is a possibility we do see Utami Saya final with just respect on the line because I don't think they're going to go back to you know cracking uh, Queen's Quest after they fixed everything and gave everybody such an emotional finish. But um, the top of my head, I'm going to say Hazuki. So I'm going to say Utami and Hazuki in the finals. That is not my uh, final pick. That's just something I want to point out there. So yeah, super, super excited for that. These blocks for the five-star Grand Prix look absolutely fantastic. And uh, I will I will touch upon when Rob comes back next week because I do want to hear his thoughts on the uh, the Steel Cage match and, of course, the five-star Grand Prix. So uh, it's a little sample there. We'll get back to it next week. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, super, super exciting. Let me know. Drop me a line. You guys know how to get a hold of me, Matt Turner OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter let me know what you guys, uh, what are the matches that you want, to, you know, that you're excited to see. What are like some of the undercard or some of the matches you think may fly under the radar? Something that, uh, you know, may pique your interest. You know, let me know. Drop me a line. Always love talking to the friends and family of the Stardom cast. Also know that we have all, every week we have a bunch of new listeners. One, I thank you. Two, I welcome, you know, welcome. And uh, like I said, it's my DMs and my the emails, it's it's open. You know, I, I respond to everybody as quick as I possibly can. And I love hearing your thoughts, opinions on my favorite wrestling company in the world, that is Stardom. Um, really the other big piece of news to come out of Stardom this week is uh Julia, after the successful title defense in the cage, basically not basically, she challenged Willow Nightingale for the new just new Japan strong championship later on that night. Oh boy, it was a long night for wrestling, wasn't it? Uh, later on that night, during Willow Nightingale's match with Tony Storm at uh, AEW vs. New Japan Forbidden Door, they did make mention on commentary, Kevin Kelly and uh, Scalibur. Excuse me, they did make mention on commentary. They dropped Julia's name, said Julia, you know, she's a big star, and she did challenge Willow Nightingale for the New Japan Strong Championship. I believe it's going to take place 4th of July weekend over in Cork and Hall, July 4th, July 5th. There's a double shot shows. Um, that they're doing, I believe that is the rumor for it. Um, it I, as I'm recording this, I'm recording this a day early. Usually, I, usually Rob and I record on Wednesday. I'm recording this on Tuesday, so this way I can uh, edit it and get it over to Sean. Or excuse me, send it out to Sean, so Sean can edit it. Hi, Sean. Uh, he can edit it and get it up uh, Thursday for our Patreon members and Friday on the normal feed because Sean is just as busy, if not busier, than I am. So I want to give him some extra time to. Uh, you know, do what he needs to do this episode and uh, send it out to the masses. So if there's something that I missed or something that comes along, you know, later on today, you know, tonight, Tuesday or Wednesday, um, that's why I, I missed it. So, yes, I believe uh, Julia versus Willow Nightingale will be taking place on either the July 4th uh, and or Jul um, July 5th shows in Cork and Hall. And also, um, yeah, Julia was a, her name was brought up quite a bit. Uh, during the press conference, especially one Miss Tony Storm, they brought up the question about Julia, and Tony Storm was very like not impressed. I'm not a mark for her. I'll, she said some things that I can't say on this podcast, but easily found on Twitter and online. Tony Storm's doing a really good job 
getting into this uh, heel role, you know, with the with the outcast. Uh, obviously, she's fantastic in the ring. So um, hopefully that's something that we do see somewhere down the line is a Julia versus Tony Storm match. And Julia did make mention in an interview earlier this week as well that she is really looking forward to and she wants to branch out. She wants to wrestle in the States. Uh, she didn't make mention at all that she's going to want to wrestle for you know, AEW or Impact or WWE or doesn't want to sign anywhere else. She just wants to wrestle over in the States for a few months and then come back to Japan. So I think probably that's what you're going to see. You'll see Julia maybe four or five weeks, maybe after the five star, in between maybe the five star and Dream Queendom or, or either that or, or before the Goddess Tournament. I'm sure they'll they'll want to team her up with uh, with Tekla or Mariah May, not Mariah May, excuse me, May Sakurai. Uh, for the goddess tournament so i wouldn't be shocked if you after the five star if julia does go um does work some dates you know for aw or impact or some uh independence new japan strong maybe four or five dates um and then they then she comes back to japan ready to go for the goddess tournament that would be a really good way to kind of expand not only her but stardom as well because people will you know have never seen her before just on the entrance alone you know she's just a giant giant star and then when she gets in the ring, you know, she's the dangerous queen. She's one of the best to do it right now in 2023. So that would just get a lot of more, a lot of eyes, especially over here in the States on her and the product and stardom. So I think that'd be a good thing. And even if she does say she does repeat and win the five star, you know, maybe it's something along the case where um, they want to, you know, they, they, uh, they had Pam's going to have her run because she's, you know, with the, the whole Meltair thing and kind of a hot topic right now. They want to strike while the iron's hot. And maybe that's why they cut Julia's reign short. And maybe they run it back. Maybe it's Julia versus Tam in the main event of Dream Queendom. And maybe Julia is the first wrestler to not only go back to back and win the five star, but the first wrestler to win two five stars. And maybe that's where they go with it. And then, you know, say Julia wins the five star, then she takes after the States for four, five, six weeks. And they can promote her as this is the winner of the 2022 and 2023 five star Grand Prix Julia you want to see more of her tune into stardom she'll be challenging for the world of stardom championship on one of the biggest shows of the year on dream queendom that's a way they can go about it so we shall see okay let's get into some show reviews shall we so we are going to go we're just going to run through these uh the, the three shows um from the 9th 10th and 11th just real quick i'll just go over the winners i'll go over my star rating and the time and then we'll spend a little bit more time on uh, reviewing the pay-per-view and then previewing and predicting uh, the pay-per-view for next week. That's okay with you folks. Obviously, if you want to go into more in-depth in something, by all means, like I always said, drop me a line. So the show from the ninth opens with Yuna Mizumori getting the win over Aya Sakurai and Starlight Kid in a three-way. They, they've been doing like random weird three-ways to start these shows, but I'm all for it. She gets the win with a superwoman body press over Aya Sakurai and... Um, Three minutes, excuse me, uh, seven minutes, 53 seconds, three and a quarter stars. Match number two, my new favorite team and probably yours as well. Suzu Suzuki and Mei Sarah getting the win over Miyu Masaki and Hanako when uh, when uh, the, 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 uh, Suzu Suzuki has the uh, has, a, has a new finisher. Excuse me, uh, Mei Sarah has a new finisher. She has a submission finisher. And we've seen Suzu Suzuki use a submission finisher as well, which we'll get into it. But May taps out Miyu Amasaki via the Modified Dragon Sleeper. Seven minutes, 59 seconds, three and a quarter stars. And this is something, this is a team that, uh, you know, as they're heating up and then after the five star, 
definitely like to see these two teams in the goddess tournament because their chemistry is really, really good together. Match number three is how the Meltier team, Tam and Natsupoy, defeat Momokogo and Saida when Tam uh, submits Saida via the Northern Cross submission. A lot of submission heavy on these few shows. 11 minutes and one second. Three and a half stars. And I, folks, I would still stand by it. Obviously, Tam is the double singles champion. You know, the red and white belt. I still think Tam and Natsupoy is the best tag team in stardom. I really, really do. They work so, so well together, whether it's the trios, whether it's the A-person, whether it's just the straight-up tag, and the fact that on these shows, they've been giving us some straight-up tags with Mel Tier. It's really been helping fill some seats. Um, but once Tam's run here as double champion is done, which I think by the end of the year, uh, I think that's when it's going to be, I would really like to see her not support get an actual run. I think their run was just cut short because of uh, the whole thing with 7-Up, with Nanai and you. I just still just don't understand why they had them drop the belts. Um, but uh, another story for another day. But I would love to see these two get like a seven, eight, nine month run with the uh, with the the goddess belts because Tam and Natsupoy are so good together as a team. They're great individually, obviously, but them as a team, I think that's uh, that's where a lot of the really, really, really good stuff hits. Again, I think they're the best tag team in Stardom and one of the best tag teams in all of wrestling. Match number four saw the Oedotai team of Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima, Ruwaka, and Natsuko Tora defeat the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, Sai Kamatani, and Yutami when Saki pins Lady C using the My Album. We saw she do it um, at the shows last of the week prior, and uh, she gets another win here as well. Usually Saki, she finishes everybody, she usually finishes a lot of the matches off with the most devastating move in all of wrestling, the Kishi Kasai. We've seen going to her big finish here. Um, and again, I think maybe we know why. Uh, nine minutes, 31 seconds. This was really good. Three and three-fourth stars. Match number five saw the uh, saw the stars team of Mayu Utani, Kogaman, Hazuki defeat the God's Eye team of Shuri, Ami, Sori, and Mirai. This was a great one, folks. This is, you know, if you're only going to see a few matches from these shows that I'm going to go run through, definitely go see this one. I mean, you have Shuri, former world champion, Ami Mirai, you know, walking into this one as the goddess champions. Hazuki and Koguma, former tag team champions. Mayu, current IWGP, IWGP champion and pretty much, you know, uh, we miss everything. She's won them all. You know, the high speed, the artist, the goddess. I mean, she's she's done it all. Um, it was an excellent match. Uh, Koguma actually gets the win here uh, over Ami Sori with the top rope splash. Like, you don't really see Koguma getting a lot of pinfalls uh, anymore. So that was nice. Nice, especially the fact that she's not in the five-star. Um, it's really nice to see you get a big win here over, you know, what was going into this match, one of the champions, and somebody that's in the five-star. Um, three and three, four stars, excellent match, 12 minutes and 11 seconds. We go to the main event where we see the Donald Domendo, Donna Del Mundo team of Julia, Tekla, May Sakurai, and Micah defeat the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Waka, Mariah May and Zena. When uh, we did see that uh, that Micah gets a win with the Anka Atoshi, um, we really don't see that too much. Um, she gets the win over Zena. We did see her spam her finishers kind of back and forth, which I thought was good. We saw Micah and Julia doing the Holy Demon Army finish, which always gets a pop for me. Holy Demon Army, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, Kawada and Tawe from the '90s All Japan. Um, they did basically, it was a combination backdrop driver choke slam. 
So Mike and Julia, they hit that. Um, and then Micah hits his thunderous clothesline onto Xena. And then the Anka Toshi for the three count. You usually see Micah winning the matches with the Mijinoko driver. But then she uh, she pulled this one out. I thought it made sense. You know, they just basically just left Xena for dead, hitting with the uh, the big Holy Demon Army finisher and then the big Lariat. So I thought that was really cool. And um, I would not be heartbroken if we saw Micah get a few wins in the five-star with the Anka Toshi just because it's something different, something that looks really cool. Obviously, the coolest thing she does is the Mijinoko driver, especially when she does like that three that 360 spin uh, that she's been kind of adding, uh, you know, towards it, putting a little extra stank on it. Um, 17 minutes, 8 seconds, 3 and 3 fourth stars. Another really so solid show from Stardom, but uh, this one, uh, these last two matches, those are the ones to go see. We can move on to uh, June 10th. Oh, I forgot to mention um, that all the uh, the stats here, as far as the attendance, they were all provided by my good friend, Darren Chatton. Darren, as always, thank you, my friend. You always help out the pod, especially when I'm flying solo here. Usually Rob is, uh, he's the one that does all of the research where he gives you, you know, tell you the names and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, don't get me wrong, I do my research too, but sometimes it's a little tricky to, for me to find the attendance. So whenever I need an attendance number, or if I'm flying solo and I just need some extra stats, I always send him a DM. He's always quick to get back to me. So Darren, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Hope you're having a great day. So uh, this uh, this uh, show, six hundred. Oh yeah, um, four hundred eleven people took uh, took place in front of four hundred eleven people on the tenth of June. The opener, Sasaki Kashima versus I Sakurai. Saki gets the win via Angel's Wings. Uh, the double underhook face buster. I will always call it Angel's Wings. A huge fan of Christopher Daniels, uh, one of my mentors. Uh, when I broke into the business way, way back then, uh, always very good to me during my time in Ring of Honor. So I always give the tip of the nod whenever I see that to one Christopher Daniels. Again, Saki Kashima using something else, like a power move, something else other than the Kishikasai to get the win. Uh, four minutes, 51 seconds, three stars. Match number two saw the uh, return of the three-way as Xena gets the win over Ruaka and Hanako as uh, Xena pins Hanako uh, after Thunderstruck. Four minutes, 50 seconds, three stars. Match number three. When this popped up on my thumbnail, I was like, really? This is match number three on this show? This is like pay-per-view quality. The FWC team of Hazuki and Koguma defeating the Queen's Quest team of Utami and Lady C uh, after um, Hazuki pins Lady C after a top rope sent on. Ten minutes, six seconds, three and a half stars. Uh, this was, you know, it was, it was solid. It was excellent. They could have put a little more Utami. Hazuki violence on there, uh, but I always like it when they highlight Lady C because she just gets better and better. And I keep talking about it, and we'll eventually get there. Boy, she looked like a star in that cage match, did she not? Holy jeez, they did a great job highlighting really everybody, but she really stuck out to me in that match. Uh, match number four saw the stars team of Momokogo, Mayu Yutani, and Saya Ida defeat the Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Tora when. Excuse me, I have that the opposite way. The Ueno Tai team picked up the win when Momo Watanabe pinned Momo Kogo after the Inhumane Driver. Um, yeah, I had my Momos flipped. Uh, three minutes, uh, excuse me, 10 minutes, 28 seconds, three and a half stars. The next match, we did see the God's Eye team of Shuri, Mirai, and Amisori defeating the, um, not Queen's Quest, excuse me, the team of Natsupoi, Tam Nakano, and Yunamizumori. Well, let's call them Cosmic Angels. I think Yuna is a, a shoe in to uh, to join them, and she's doing a great job. When uh, 
when Mirai hits a series of lariats and then finishes it off with the jumping lariat uh, pinning Yuna Mizumori. 12 minutes, 19 seconds, three and a half stars. Match number six saw the DDM team of Julia, Tekla, and Mei Sakurai defeating the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, and Waka when we did see the uh, the double underhook DDT, also known as the, this is where Rob's great, um, the Domonko Death Drop from Tekla over Waka, um, three and three-fourth stars, another really, really solid match. And then the main event, we did see the, again, the new kind of faction that was a faction, but not a faction that we're all waiting to see if it's going to be a faction of Micah, Suzu Suzuki, and Mei Sarah getting the win over the Queen's Quest team of Miyu Amasaki, Azumi, and Sayakamatani when Mei Sakurai, excuse me, uh, Mei Sierra pins Miyu Amasaki with the Rolling Star. 15 minutes, 49 seconds, three and three fourth stars. This is the main event. If you're going to watch one match from the show, that's the one to go to. Because obviously Mei Sarah and Azumi, high speed, they're going to be good. Suzu Suzuki's good with everybody, so is Sayakamatani. Miyu Amasaki, ever improving. Ever anybody any anybody anytime anybody improve, improves at anything, whether it's wrestling, whether it's flipping pancakes, digging ditches, being an artist, it just shows me that uh, puts a smile on my face. It just shows me that you're putting in the time, you're putting in the work, you're busting your ass, folks. There's no substitute for hard work, and I'm just loving seeing Miyu Amasaki improving. Um, plus, she's a member of Queen's Quest. I'm a big fan of Queen's Quest, so she's fitting into her role really, really well here. She looks really, really good here. Uh, again, that if you're going to watch one match from the show, that is the match to watch. We move on to the 11th of June in Osaka in front of 649 people. The opener was your three-way. Momokogo getting the win over the two rookies, Hanako and Aya Sakura with the peach nade. Um, basically, it's like a Northern Light suplex. Four minutes, eight seconds, three stars. Match number two. As soon as this match was over, I text Rob and I said, before you leave for vacation... You need to watch this match or watch this match when you have time because this was great. For a match that went 7 minutes, 48 seconds, Hazuki and Yuna Mizumura tore into each other. It was like these two were shot out of a cannon. When we say this all the time about Hazuki, there's no nights off for her. She, if you're in the ring with her, she's going to make sure everybody that paid for a ticket to see her is going to get their money's worth and then some. She's also going to make sure that you're, whoever is across the ring from her is going to work their ass off as well. And Yuna Mizumori, she's somebody that's been improving so much in the last two or three months. And the fact now they're kind of giving her character, this whole Cosmic Angels thing. Cosmic Angels, they need more members. Yuna knows the dance. Obviously, she can throw down, folks, because she did with Hazuki. This is, I have this at four stars. Hazuki uses the cross face and then transitions into the rings of Saturn, or also known as the grounded double chicken wing hold. Four stars, seven minutes, 48 seconds. Folks, if you're on Stardom World, which you should be, seven bucks American, go watch this match. If you like hard-hitting wrestling that tells a really good story, back-and-forth action, just two people giving it their all, it's less than eight minutes. This was fantastic. Such a huge fan of Suzuki. She's so good and Yuna, just love what they're doing there. Again, this roster is so stacked. Then all of a sudden, you see people like Momokogo coming along, Miyu Amasaki coming along, and Yuna Mizumori, who's really not even a part of stardom. You know, she was got, you know, she did the few battle royals when she was doing the pineapple gimmick, coming out with uh, basically like beach rafts and then like our like pool rafts, like floaties. 
and then she was basically the third person in, in the trio of uh, the Seven Up team with Nanai and uh, and you. And now she's just kind of following her own. And again, they're giving her character with the whole Cosmic Angels thing. Just absolutely loving it. Again, I cannot recommend this match enough. Match number three saw the DDM team of Mike and Tekla defeat the uh, the uh, Cosmic not Cosmic Angels. Uh, Bear with me, folks. I'm doing the solo. The uh, Club Venus team of Xena and Mirai. Yes, Micah and Tekla defeating the uh, Club Venus team of Xena and Mirai when we saw Micah hit the Mijinoko driver on Xena. 9 minutes, 29 seconds. Another really, really solid match here. Three and three-fourths stars. And they're doing a great job protecting Mariah May in these matches as well. And then we know why. Match number four. Saw once again the Cosmic Angels team. The Meltier team of Tamanatsafoy defeating, I guess, the former the former Cosmic Angels of Club Venus, Mina Shirakawa and Waka, back-to-back -back Club Venus. They dropped losses. They brought them in really, really strong, and it just really seems ever since uh, Mina's big win and then big loss with the uh, the Wonder of Stardom Championship. They, they've been eating some L's here. They've been eating some L's here, but they've been looking good. When Tam pins Waka with the Tiger Suplex, and just a shade over nine minutes, three and a half stars. This was really good. Waka's obviously fantastic in the ring. Mina, she's a main eventer, folks. In the most stacked roster in wrestling, she's solidified herself as a main eventer. Tam is Tam, you know, and not Sapoy again. These two solo and tag team, really, really good. And then after the match, Mina slapped Tam right in the face, basically showing that there's still some unfinished business there. And considering the fact how good their match was at Flashing Champions, I understand a lot of people didn't like the result. I get it. You know, we've been over that before. Um, you have to admit, it was a great match between those those two. Champion versus champion, title versus title. Um, they're going to run it back sometime. Whether it's for a white belt, red belt, whether it's just something for pride. And I will be there for it because there's a lot of unfinished business there. Just goes to show you how good Mina is that she can just take something after a match and just just the slap, the slap tap Tam, be like, yeah, we're not done yet. You know, planting those seeds. Match number five saw the God's Eye team of Shiri, Amisori, and Mirai defeating the Stars team of Mayu Watani, Koguma, and Saeeda, where Mirai continues the thunderous lariats, hitting two lariats back to back, and then the leaping lariat onto Koguma for the three count. Twelve minutes, thirty one seconds, three. And at three, three and three fourth stars, you're shocked to see Koguma eat the fall here, especially when she got the win before. Usually it's Saida the one that eating the falls, but I'm not going to complain when uh, Saida doesn't actually lose because we love Saida on this show. Match number six in the co-main event of this show saw Suzu Suzuki and Mei Sierra defeating the team of Mei Sakurai and Julia. When we see Suzu Suzuki as if she can't get violent enough making uh, May Sakurai tap out to what was called the Yoko Burrow Lock, which I know as basically it's a uh, crooked head scissors and a double wrist lock. That's in catch wrestling. That's what I would call that. Um, obviously, they get, they have a cooler name for it in stardom and in Japan. So basically, if you want to get technical with it, it was uh, Suzu Suzuki had May Sakurai locked in double wrist lock and then trapped her head with her knees, which would be a crooked head scissors, and then basically just crank back on the crooked head scissors and the double wrist lock for the tap out. 13 minutes, 41 seconds, three and a half stars. Really good stuff. Obviously, Suzu and Julia went to go start, and the crowd was hot. Crowd was hot for this whole show. Um, love me some crowd participation. 
But yeah, this was really, really good. Especially on like the fact that Suzu Suzuki used an awesome submission. Basically two submissions in one. And I hopefully that's something that it's not just a one-time thing. Hopefully that's something that she adds to the tequila shot and the locomotion, the back-to-back German suplexes. We're going to see because she's going to have a lot of heavy hitters in that five-star, especially her and Sherry. Love to see them, you know, trading some submissions and some double wrist locks back and forth because that is my jam. The main event of this show was a match that we covered previously because it was uploaded right away to Stardom World. It was a widow tie versus Queen's Quest in the elimination match that did Tisaki Kashima uh, become the sole survivor when she pinned Izumi right in the middle of the ring. So um, if you haven't seen the show yet, definitely go watch the Ueda Tai Queen's Quest elimination match. It will actually add more context to the cage match from this past week. But definitely go and watch Hazuki uh, and Yuna Mizumori. Again, that's absolutely fantastic. And this is something that, you know, I'll discuss obviously with Robin. I'll discuss, you know, you're all listening. Um, hopefully, anyway. At the end of the year, we always do like our awards. You know, who we think are the best wrestlers. I have a vote. Rob has a vote. And then, obviously, we put everything up on uh, Twitter, Patreon, um, the website, the whole nine. Um, you know, then we'll do, like, matches of the year, tag match of the year. Do you think that we should do, like, Stardom World match of the year, like, non-pay-per-view? Because there's been some really, really solid stuff. So, do you think that's uh, something that you'd like to see us to throw in the end of the year awards? You know, let, you know, either uh, Rob and I know. Let Rob and I know. So, Let's get into this pay-per-view. Let me get a quick drink here. Okay, so we go to what I should now, what should be, should be a national holiday, folks. June 25th, we're six months away from Christmas. We're at the halfway point. We get this fantastic pay-per-view that, again, I'm in Pennsylvania, in America, East Coast. This one kicked off at 3 o'clock in the morning. And then we had Forbidden Door, which kicked off at, the main show was 8 o'clock. And I don't know if you haven't seen Forbidden Door. Phenomenal show. This pay-per-view we're talking about. Phenomenal show. You have two of the best shows of the year. Literally on the same day. That gave us the dream match of Danielson versus Okada. Then one of the best matches ever with uh, Omega versus Osprey 2. And then in this show, you have a solid, solid show. Headlined by one of the best cage matches I've ever seen. With uh, just an emotional tug at your heartstrings. Just unbelievable day wrestling. You, We are so blessed to be alive. The fact that we complain, or I complain, that my Wi-Fi goes up from time to time. What a world we live in. Really is. Life is beautiful, folks. It really is. So uh, this took place in front of 1,715 people. Great, that's a great house. Great house considering the fact there was no single championships on the line. There was no World of Stardom Championship, no Wonder, no High Speed. Um, that's a great, great number. Great, great number. Um, the opening match, which was on YouTube, which I did not know until um, the first match started, that uh, that I would have woke up earlier. I would have woke up earlier than 10 to 3 uh, to see this on YouTube. I did went and went watch it back uh, last night. But uh, the stars team of Saeeda Hana and Momokogo defeated Aya Sakurai Waka and Yuna Mizumori. When Saeeda gets the uh, the pin over Aya Sakurai with the or Aya Sakura with the Northern Light Suplex, great to see Saeeda get a win. Well, she well she hasn't won many matches in Stardom, which is a shame. It's a shame we talk about it all the time. Um, but with the Northern Light Suplex, figured maybe she would have got the win with the Itabashi or uh, 
one of those huge left-handed lariats she throws, or the uh, the the Eda Buster. So it was yeah, maybe that's something new that she's working on. Northlight Suplex. It's a it's it's an old move, but uh, what's old is new, and Saeeda does a great job with it. So hopefully we see more Saeeda wins, regardless. So really nice to see see Saeeda get her hand raised on such a big show. Okay, the opening match, uh, Nai Takahashi defeat Hanako. Um, she basically tapped her out with the crossface. This is really good, some really good stuff back and forth. I know Nanai, this is kind of her role right now, and she fits in perfectly with these passion injection matches, basically bringing the younger talent up. We've seen her do it with, uh, with Miyu Amasaki. We've seen her do it with, excuse me, with Yuna. Uh, Hanako, only a few months in the career. I would have maybe waited a few months, maybe after the five-star, to do this match, or maybe a match during the five-star, to get Hanako a little more experience against a legend that obviously still can go and go really well and Nanai Takahashi. But there's a really good strike exchange here. Uh, Hanako, she's been using a half Boston Crab and the JP Coaster quite a bit. She didn't use the JP Coaster here. But what I'm referring to is uh, JP Coaster and the half Boston Crab who moves that where Himika did quite a bit. And uh, you can tell that she's kind of adopting some of the style from the Jumbo Princess, which is not a bad thing at all. Uh, Hanako showed a lot of fire here. A lot of really, really stiff strikes. Again, Nanai Takahashi gets the win with the crossface. Um, I have this at three and a quarter stars. Second match of the night was, uh, well, second official match on the official pay-per-view. was a match I was really looking forward to. Shuri versus Zena. Obviously, Shuri, huge fan of her. Love the uh, the strong style. Love the shoot style. Shuri's obviously a huge, huge star. Looking to see what they're going to do with her, especially going into the five-star and during the five-star Zena, who I believe this was her last match, and then I believe she'll be going back to uh, to Australia and some of the other independents. I would love to see her pop up somewhere over here in the States, some of the independents over here. Love to see her pop up on, do a couple shots for the NWA, for Impact. That Impact uh, women's division is so strong. I would love to see Zena versus Deanna Perrazzo, um, Zena versus Jordan Grace. Those are matches I would absolutely love to see. This was really good. Uh, we got some good, great striking back and forth. I knew we were going to get that. Um, there was a part where Zena was going toe-to-toe with Sherry, and Sherry did a great job feeding and selling and really bringing Zena up in this match. Uh, but eventually, uh, the stroke one too many time with uh, <laughs> with with the uh, the former UFC champion, or not UFC, former Pancrase champion, former UFC fighter and Sherry. Um, eventually, Sherry conders the Thunderstruck, hits a series of strikes, and then locks in the stretch muffler, the White Tiger, for the tap out. I really enjoyed this. Three and three fourth stars. And if this was Zena's last match in stardom, at least on this run, I would say I hope they bring her back. Um, what a way to go out. What a way to go out. And she did a great job making sure that uh, she took her whatever her stock was. She raised it. You're at a pay-per-view. And you're in front of 17, over 1,700 people. A lot of people are going to watch this show. Sherry did a great job giving Zena a lot in that match. She probably gave her maybe 60% of the match, either 55 or 60 and then just blitzed her with uh, strikes at the end and then tapped her out. So uh, obviously Zena brought her A-game. Sherry did a great job bringing up somebody and raising up somebody's stock that is obviously already really, really good. So uh, yeah, excited. I'll definitely keep my eyes peeled uh, for whenever Zena pops up on my TV or my YouTube or whatever else. And you guys know where she's wrestling or if there's a show that I can catch her on or a match, I would mean the world to me if you, uh, you send it over my way. And if she does pop up somewhere in the Northeast Independence, I will definitely uh, travel to uh, to go and see her. Match number three. I can't believe this is match number three. Just goes to show you how loaded this pay-per-view was. 
then I guess when your main event's 12 people. Uh, makes sense. Match number three saw the uh, the team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoy, and Kyrie defeat the team of Micah, uh, Suzu Suzuki, and May Sierra. Um, when we did see that Natsupoy, who takes a lot of pinfalls, gets the win here with the uh, the Ferial Gift pinning May Sierra. Um, I had loved this match. This was a great match. I had it four and a quarter stars. Definitely, this whole show is pretty much must see, uh, especially from the the Sherry match on. It's definitely something go out of your way to see. If it, by the time you hear this, it should be up on Stardom World. Again, if you were one of the uh, the listeners that just watches the free YouTube stuff, I completely understand. But this is you might want to start investing a little bit here in the Stardom World. Again, it's like seven seven dollars and chains American. Um, you get the back catalog. You'll get this show. You'll get the five star coming up. Really be worth your money. Really worth your money. And folks, Stardom does not pay us to say that. They should. Because uh, we give them a lot of free plugs on a podcast that goes everywhere. But yeah, this is really good. Uh, Tam, not to point Kyrie, I kind of deem them the uh, Cosmic Pirate Angels. Which was a, uh, I said, boy, that would be a great comic book for Jim Starlin to write. Uh, Jim Starlin, obviously the person who created Thanos and pretty much a lot of the Marvel Cosmic stuff we saw in the 90s. Boy, wouldn't that be great? The Cosmic Pirate Angels versus Galactus. That's a movie that I would pay to see. That's a comic book that I'd pay to get. Um, I love the uh, the violence between Suzu Suzuki and Kyrie. We did see their violence on hand during the artist match with Prominence versus Restart back at All-Star Grand Queendom. And uh, we saw it was pretty much rinse and repeat here where Suzu just beats up Kyrie and then pitches her into the into the you know first three rows of chairs. <coughs> Excuse me. Um so that was a whole heck of a lot of fun there. And then you see Kyrie using basically her her, uh, her experience against Suzu. The two of them are fighting on the top rope, and they have the poles there to hold the cage in place when they get ready to put the cage. And Suzu's trying to bash Kyrie's head off the poles, and Kyrie grabs Suzu's arm and starts working over Suzu's arm. So I thought that was really cool, The little, you know, little sequence there where Suzu's just using uh, unobliterated violence, and Kyrie's like, I'm going to use a little strategy here. So I thought that was really cool. Um I liked how every time Tam would come in, you know, she's a, she's the double champion. She's the face of the company. Uh, you know, at this point, every time Tam would come in and get a little bit of a run, that there would either be a double team or a triple team that would cut her off. It would either be Micah or Suzu that would cut her off or uh, Maceira and Suzu that would cut her off. So, like, she'd just get a little bit of momentum. And it's like, and you know what, we're going to use the, the tag team stuff to our advantage. Um, boy, Maceira, boy, their stuff was so smooth, wasn't it? They used, they went to high, some high-speed stuff. I thought that was really good. Uh, Micah just launching, you know, not supported German suplex, her former tag partner, my Hemi. Um, Kyrie in this match was great. Probably the MVP based for the reason that she's the biggest name in this match worldwide. You know, obviously she huge star in stardom before she left uh, in 2017. Goes over to WWE and NXT, does great there. Comes back, you know, year, you know, she's been back for a little over a year. She's doing absolutely fantastic. First IWGP Women's Champion. She had a match uh, in America with Mercedes Monet, a battle in the Valley that caught a lot of buzz and a lot of, uh, you know, more eyes on Stardom and Kyrie um, over, uh, uh, believe it, yeah, battle in the Valley for the IWGP Women's Championship. Kyrie, what she does in this match is she lets Maysera shine up on her. She lets Suzu Suzuki shine up on her. She lets Micah shine up on her. She makes sure that all three ladies beat her up. So this way it's like, oh, this is Kyrie. This is the big star. You know, this is the big international former, you know, champion over at the WWE, you know, the biggest wrestling company. She comes back to stardom and she's crushing everybody. 
and these three all take turns single-handedly beating her up. Obviously, you know Kyrie's going to make her comeback. She does forearms, cutlass, the whole nine. Uh, really good stuff there. There's awesome, some really cool stuff with Suzu Suzuki and Tam. Another match. They're in the same block for the five-star. Another match I'm really looking to see. Uh, um, Suzu hits the tequila shot on Tam, basically taking Tam out. Um, and then we, uh, excuse me, takes Tam out momentarily. Eventually, they make their comeback. We get the triple Team Cosmic Pirate Angels strikes onto everybody. We did see the uh, triple uh, super kicks onto uh, pretty much everybody, leaving Natsupoy to pick at the bones of May Sarah. Again, she hits the Ferial Gift for the three count, getting the win for the Cosmic Pirate Angels. Uh, again, four and a quarter stars. Excellent match. We move on to match number four. In the last match, before we get into the double cages, uh, we have the team of Rose Gold of uh, Mina and Mariah May challenging and defeating the champions, uh, new eras of Mirai and Amisori, where Mina Shirakawa would hit a uh, barrage of finishers. I love I, in these big matches and title matches when you spam your big moves back to back to back. I absolutely love that. It shows that you have some momentum that you need to empty out a lot of the gas tank to get this win. Uh, Mina hits the Glamorous Sword and Siguri, implant DDT uh, for a two count, and then she fires up and hits the Glamorous Drive of Mina onto Amisori, getting the win. I had this at four and a quarter stars. This match was fantastic. These two teams gel really well together, considering the fact they just had a match uh, previously, I believe two weeks prior, just got released on Stardom World last week. Rob and I reviewed it. You can tell they were holding back just a little bit, and they didn't hold back anything here. This is great. Uh, Ami, sorry, they made her look really, really good here. Um, and that's by proxy. If you shine somebody up in your match, you build them up, build them up, build them up, especially if they're taking the fall, that makes you look only better. Um, Mina does a great job making sure Ami, sorry, looks better than she normally does here with the chops, the submissions, the slams, you know, only for Mina to turn around and, and beat her, and to beat her with three big moves. So uh, wrestling's a sport that you can win by losing, uh, and that's basically what happens with Ami Sori. That's why I said I'm really excited to see what they do with her in the five-star. Um, I really like the spot where uh, Mina tr Mina goes off the top rope to go for a dive. We've been seeing Mina do a little lucha Mina lately. We've been seeing her do the dives, but Ami Sori pulls her down. She gives her the body press to the floor. I thought that was really cool. Mina comes back in the ring with a huge spinning back fist, um, and then she breaks down breaks down Mina's knee um, with some really good psychology there. I really like the psychology with Mariah targeting arms and then heads with the lariat, and then Mina targeting the knees. I thought that was really cool. May Sakurai, new, uh, maybe it's a new submission here. She We noticed that she has a double a butterfly lock, where uh, it's like a, a body lock and locking in like a double underhook. Uh, double butterfly lock yet that I would call it. I thought that was great. We've seen Mariah May show pictures of her training at the Snake Pit in Japan. Uh, show pictures with her um, right next to the chair that Billy Robinson, the late great Billy Robinson, would coach from. So it just shows goes to show that she's adding a lot more submissions and whatever she's learning from the Snake Pit, she's bringing into the ring with her. We saw her throw a really good German suplex. They throw a lot of uh, a lot of suplexes and catch wrestling. So uh, I think that's stuff that she's learning from there and the Stardom Dojo. So just more wrinkles in the game of one Mariah May that I'm already super, super impressed with. And again, we're going to see a lot of singles matches with Mariah May, especially with some heavy hitters in the block that she's in. So maybe some more submissions, maybe some suplexes. Um, really excited to see it. Uh, Club Venus, a little shout out to the Steiner brothers with the Doomsday Bulldog. I, that was really cool. We haven't seen that from them. And, 
and then like yeah, and then uh, Mariah May hits Mina with a German suplex. That basically takes Mariah May out of the match again. Finish of the match, Glamour Sword implant DDT for a two count. Ami kicks out, but then Mina stays on her, hits the Glamour Drive Mina for the three count again, four and a quarter stars. We move on to the semi main event Artists of Stardom Championship cage match. As the uh, we see the team of Julia Tekla, May Sakurai, DDM, Barry Barry Bombers, the champions, retained against the stars team of Mayu Utani, Azuki, and Kogama. Very much like last year, Mayu did not want to come out in this match. Um, if you there's a clip, I don't think it was on the actual pay per view or on Stardom World. But if you watch the match on We Are Stardom on the YouTube channel, they have a backstage camera with Hazuki and Kogama coming out. This is uh, last year's in the in the cage match um, against uh, uh, against Azumi Yutami and uh, Sai Kamatani. That they come out and Mayu's nowhere to be found. After we see Hazuki and and uh, Kogama come out, Mayu's nowhere to be found, and then they have to go back in the backstage and go and get her. I thought that was really really funny. Um, as soon as the bell and oh, I mean Mayu's a national treasure. So they're doing the announcements for this match, and Mayu's just sitting, pouting like a four-year-old child that didn't get what he wanted for Christmas or his birthday, just sitting in the corner pouting. So they go to announce Mayu's name, and you know Mayu, she throws the baseball. So like Hazuki and Kogama have to feed her the baseball, and she's throwing it. And she's not even getting anywhere near close to the cage, like just throwing it like two feet, <laughs> if that. I thought that was really cool. And then of course the. Uh, Soon as the bell rings, Mayu tries to get out of the cage. I thought that was that was hilarious. Once they pull Mayu out of the cage and everyone starts hitting her, then she goes into like murder Mayu mode. Then it's like, okay, you you know what's gonna happen. You know she's gonna flip the switch and she's gonna go into the Mayu. You know, the, like one of the best women's wrestler ever, one of the best wrestlers ever, regardless of uh, you know gender or or, or age or uh, generation. So I thought that was really cool that you got great leadership here from Mayu and Julia. What I mean by that is Julia and Tekla get the advantage fast. They go to escape the cage. They get on top of the cage. And all three members of STARS, they have May Sakurai pinned and basically saying they're going to break both their arms if they don't come back down. Now, Julia could have either easily, and Tekla looked at Julia because it's Julia's group. She's the leader. It was, so it was Julia's call. We can escape the cage and then make it three on one. But they're going to break May Sakurai's arms, probably both their arms. And then we're going to be out of member. And they're probably going to escape the cage. It's going to be tough to uh, get, get keep Mayu, Koguma, and Hazuki in the cage when you don't have when both your arms aren't working. So Julia looks at Tekla and makes the call. No, 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 no. Even though we're steps away of, of getting out of here, we are, you know, we're leaving. We're going to go save her. I thought that was really cool. Mayu did a lot of that towards the end as well. Eventually, Tekla hits a superplex off the top of the cage where, um, where uh, she are at the top rope, where she keeps her feet in the, intertwined with the cage, almost like a spider super, uh, superplex. And she says, I'm getting out of here. And she got out of there. Tekla was the first one out. I thought that was really, really cool. Julia and Hazuki have this brutal brawl on top of the cage. Julia takes a bump off the cage. Hazuki then hits a top rope senton. And then Hazuki, she hit her biggest move. Time to get out. Hazuki then escapes the cage. Um... Saki, or, uh, May Sakurai, she gets, she runs on fire. She hits a double stunner to Kogum and Mayu. Um, and then she hits a double, she holds a, uh, she hits a double STF and a double Josie dropkick as well. Oh my, Julia hit the double elbow drop off the top of the rope. Julia locks uh, Mayu and Koguma in a double submission, like a double STF she had on. 
And then she looks over at Mei Sakurai again. Julia showing she's a great leader. She just looks over at Mei Sakurai and she's like, you get out of here. I got this. I'm the leader. You get out of here. So now all Julia has to do is escape the cage for them to win. I thought that was a really, really cool spot in really showing Julia's great leadership from Donald Del Mundo. Um, Mayu then, after that, realizing we gotta, you know, hey, all Julia has to do is escape and we're done. Mayu goes into full Mayu murder mode, as I call it. Uh, she hits, winds up hitting a top rope moonsault. That leaves uh, Koguma time to escape the cage. Mayu could have left the cage there. She decided to hit the moonsault, letting Koguma escape. Again, showing Mayu, as crazy as Mayu is and, you know, as dopey as she can be, but we love her because she's Mayu. Uh, basically just goes to show you what a great leader she is here. And that was great about these two cage matches. The leaders really took great leadership, um, you know, making sure everybody was okay in the cage. So that was really, really good stuff. Um, and, and then we get, as you can hear the thunder, we get a Mayu vs. Julia mini match in the cage, and these two didn't hold anything back. These two have great chemistry together. Um, Mayu hitting a dragon suplex, Julia hitting a backdrop driver, Julia hitting a top rope butterfly suplex, Mayu hitting a tombstone. At this point, the crowd is super, super hot for this, especially the way that this is built towards the end. Eventually, Julia hits a 360 glorious driver, spinning glorious driver, and then picks up Mayu, hits the northern lights bomb. Julia gets oh so close to escaping the cage. Mayu decides to try to stop her, but it wouldn't be Mayu if Mayu didn't take a bump off the cage again. Uh, Julia basically just grabs uh, Mayu, locks her in the front, headlock, front chancery, chokes Mayu out, Mayu out, and then drops her, letting Mayu take the bump off the cage to the floor because the moonsault wasn't enough. Getting hit with a Northern Lights bomb wasn't enough. So, uh, excellent, excellent cage match. This is another four and a quarter stars. Last three matches, four and a quarter stars. Excellent cage match. Again, great leadership shown by Mayu and Julia, basically sacrificing themselves for the greater good of the team. Now, folks, we're going to get into this main event. Uh, I'm going to get a quick drink here as we're an hour in here. And maybe it's a blessing that uh, that's just a solo episode this, this week because I still have to do this match and then do the uh, preview for the pay-per-view coming up this weekend. So if Rob was here, this, would be, this baby would go about three hours. So all right, we get the cage match. We have the Oweno Tai team of Momo Watanabe, Rina, Tora, Ruaka, Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid. Versus the team of Lady C, Yutami, Aishisa, Azumi, Sai Kamatani, Hina, and Miyu Amasaki. Weta Tigers, Queen's Quest, six on six. Last person in the cage has to leave the group. And they decide a week before they're going to make this weapons as well. And they do a great job in the promo leading up that basically shows... Momo Watanabe giving Sai Kamatani the baseball bat and saying, her baseball bat, saying something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, like, I made my choice a year and a half ago and I'm better off with it. I do not, you do not need to be in Queen's Quest. I outgrew it. You outgrew them a long time ago. You know what you need to do. Almost like a very Star Wars, you know, come Luke Skywalker, join the dark side. And if anybody, Momo Watanabe may be Sayakamatani's father. Uh, you know, to kind of paraphrase out that Star Wars, because when Sayaka got into Queen's Quest, who was the one that, who was the leader? You know, it, it was Momo Watanabe. So, obviously, you've been following this storyline. The last two months, Saya and Utami not getting along. Saya questioning Utami's leadership. Utami very upset with it. Throwing back, you know, throwing the, uh, the, the, the bags of ice that they give you after your matches. At Sayakamatani, the two of them coming to blows in the middle of matches. 
Saya accidentally hitting Utami. Utami almost accidentally hitting Saya. These two just not getting along at all to the point where Saya, the whole entire weekend, you know, the show was on a Sunday. So Friday and Saturday, Saya just tweeting out pictures of the two of them saying we're both in different places and thank you for what you did for my career. Like really building this up like this is going to be the end. One of these two are going to be leaving. One of these two are going to be leaving. There's a beautiful picture that she um, she posted at the Cinderella Tournament 2021. And if you haven't watched that show, you definitely go back to watch, especially the main event. So Saya wins the Cinderella Tournament, the co-main event, defeating Micah in the finals. The main event of that show is Shiri versus Utami. It's the highest rated women's match uh, in the history of the Wrestling Observer. Five and a half stars broke Dave Meltzer's scale. They went 42, 43 minutes, goes to a double knockout. Spoilers for a match that's two years old. Um, and then the end segment you see is Saya Kamatani with the Cinderella dress, was you know what they did ever since they started the Cinderella tournament uh, back in 2015. But so Saya is getting ready to go out to the ring for her presentation. She's in the beautiful, beautiful green gown. And Utami just got done wrestling this blistering 43-minute match with Sherry. And you can see Utami's exhausted, but she's so happy for her friend. And I thought that was, I never saw that shot before. I thought that was a great shot. Um, I mentioned on here that I thought Sai was going to be the one leaving. It was going to come down to you and her and Utami. I've mentioned on this show, again, I know we have a lot of new listeners and I thank you. I've mentioned on this show before, I don't have one single favorite wrestler in stardom. I just want whoever is going to be the champion or the main eventer to keep helping the company grow and have, putting on great matches and elevating other talent. Um, but I will, I am very open of who my favorite faction is. It's Queen's Quest. I love Queen's Quest. They are one of my, not only my favorite faction in wrestling, in stardom, all of wrestling, and other than the Horsemen and the NWO, probably my favorite faction ever. I love Queen's Quest. So the fact that, you know, Utami or Saya was going to be leaving, I was like, man, I'm going to be really upset. I'm going to be really upset. I was like, well, however, you know, Utami's the leader. Sai is pretty much like second in charge, even though Zumi has more tenure, but she's just coming off this blistering Wonder of Stardom Championship run. So it's like, well, if Sai leaves, we still have Utami, Zumi, Lady C is so improving. Hina, you know, she's still in school, but she's improving, and Miyu Amasaki's doing good. I'm like, I might be able, I'll be able to live with that. So, but it was kind of in my head that one of them were leaving. I did have Sai leaving. So another thing going into this match was, and I mentioned it last week, you got 12 on 12. 12 people are going to be in the ring. It's one thing if you see it in like 5 on 5 or 6 on 6 in a match where somebody takes a bump and they can roll to the floor or they can do a brawl outside or someone could hit a dive. You can't do that because it's a cage match. Not only is it a cage match, but it's a cage match with weapons. And I realized like 30, 40 seconds in that there's a referee in there. So now you have 13 people. You have a baseball bat. You have a ladder. You have a table. You have all this other plunder. Quote Dusty Rhodes. I'm like, where are we? How is this even going to work? It's too many people. It's the shock of nobody stardom makes it work. I mean, there's some great single spots in here. Uh, there's some great tag spots, some great trio spots in here. Everything made sense. Everybody shined. You know, I made mention before, Lady C looked like an absolute killer here. She was like the, the first one to come down the ramp for the uh, for the for the entrance for Queen's Quest with that badass, you know, theme. New gear. Just look tallest person in that ring, just looking like a boss and a badass. The way she threw Starlight Kid around, especially Starlight Kid got the early advantage on Sayakamatani, and then Lady C comes in for the save. Uh, I thought that was that was terrific. Uh, the sisters with the judo throws, like Heenan and Rina, they weren't in this match long. They were they were the first two gone. 
which it made sense. I figured three or four people had to be gone in the first few minutes to kind of let this flush out. But even here in Arena, rolling the match a few minutes, they judo throw everybody on the uh, the other team. I thought that was really, really good. Um, we see a freezer bomb on the lady seat through a table. Um, like I said, Rena and Hina judo throw everybody. Then Rena escapes first. Hina is right behind her. So we're, we're all tied up here, five on five. Starlight Kid and Azumi never ceases to amaze me. You know, they always make it look like this is going to be the last of these two. Uh, you know, for a while, you know, we saw Triangle Derby, where it was probably might be the last match for the high-speed championship. Whoever we see them in tag matches or, or multi-person matches, they may be only in the ring 30, 40 seconds before they tag out. But it's like, oh, they're so good together. And now we're in a cage here. We're in a cage here. I thought that was, their stuff was really, really good. Um, Azumi hits a top rope double stomp off the cage on the Starlight Kid, as if these two can't beat each other up anymore. Uh, Azumi, she escapes. So, uh, you know, I was kind of, oh, I was a little sigh of relief that Azumi was out of the cage. So it's like, okay, now we just hopefully can get Saya and Yutami out of here. Um, eventually then after that, we see Miyu Amasaki escaping. She basically takes, she gets in where she needs to get in. She helps out her teammates and Miyu wind up escaping with a lot of Yutami. Again, you want to talk about Julia and Mayu being great leaders. Yutami came off as the leader of leaders here. She basically holds everybody at bay. So Miyu, young Miyu, she can escape the cage. Um, I thought that was some really good stuff. Mo, at this point, uh, Oedo Tai, they know that they're down. The two most violent members of Oedo Tai, Momo Watanabe and Tora, they get the baseball bat and the, uh, the and, uh, Tora's pipe, and they just start wailing on everybody. This lets Momo Watanabe escape. She's the fifth one out. Uh, Lady C, just like a boss here. She just looks so good, so badass. Starlight Kid gets up on her, hits the moonsault from the cage. That was crazy. Starlight Kid, she gets out. She's the sixth one to escape. Um, then you, again, you see Yutami. Holding off Momo, holding off Tor, beating up Saki uh, Kashima, telling, uh, basically gets Lady C after she just took that moonsault from Starlight Kid. And basically just has Lady C, who again is the tallest person in this match and one of the tallest members of the starting roster, basically puts Lady C on her back and squats up and it's like, yeah, yeah, you get out of here. I'll hold everybody out, bay. Uh, again, you know, Yutami really holding forth down here for Queen's Quest, wanting to make sure everybody gets out before her. Basically putting all the stock. Anybody, anybody said anything? Hey, you're losing matches. We're not doing good well as your leader. This was Lady C, or excuse me, Utami, betting on herself, saying, "No, I'm gonna make sure everybody gets out of this cage before I do." And she kept, you know, again, get the violence of Momo with the bat, the violence of Tora with the pipe, just keeping everybody at bay, making sure everybody's okay, knowing that she was going to sacrifice herself to take not one for the team, but like three or four for the team, just. A brilliant job building up Utami going into this five star. Um, eventually, we see uh, Ruaka escape. We see Saika Matani, uh, excuse me, Saki Kashima tries to escape the cage. She gets about halfway up. And then we see Izumi on top of Rina's shoulders with a fire extinguisher. I thought that was pretty funny. And then Utami hits a top rope, um, a top rope air raid crash onto Saki Kashima, basically, you know, eliminating her from a decent part of the match. She just rolled over and sandwiched herself in between the cage and the bottom rope. Um, you would then see Tora would get on a ladder. They would use the ladder back and forth with her and Yutami. Yutami again holds Tora off bay. And uh, so then she basically, uh, Yutami tells Saya Kamatani, who she's been basically, you know, she's been butting heads with, you know, Aphrodite, former uh, Goddess of Sarum champions. They've been butting heads. And you see Yutami tell Saya Kamatani, no, 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 I got this. I got this, you go. And I've never seen anybody, because they had the ladder, you know, if you, you, obviously, you, you've seen the match. I hope, hopefully, you have. Um, the ladder was like adjacent. 
was like in diagonal position. So she tells Saya to climb the ladder. She gets to the top of the ladder. I'm waiting for the turn. I really thought Utami was going to take the ladder. And once Saya got to the top of the ladder, that she was going to uh, just bump Saya off the ladder. Utami was going to leave, and she was going to let Tora and Saki Kashima pick apart Saya Kamatani. I thought that that was going to happen. She doesn't. She absolutely stands by the ladder. She holds off Tora. You know, Tora's got a pipe. Uh, lets her, you know, hey, go. At this point, Saya, Saya's gone from the cage. Utami tries to escape behind her. Tora is able to stop her. Uh, Tor hits the swanton off the cage and then just starts beating the crap out of her with uh, like these miniature garbage cans. Uh, but no, she hit the. Yutami uh, takes the bump off the cage. Tor beats her up with the with the garbage cans, all these other weapons. I'm sorry, let me back up. She hits her with the pipe. So the Yutami and Tor are on top of the uh, the cage, and Tor hits Yutami with the pipe uh, after she's been, she's beat her up, you know, pretty well. Again, Yutami taking sacrificing herself for the team. Tor hits the swanton off the cage. Tor leaves. So now we're down to Utami and Saki. They zoom in on Utami, and Utami is a bloody mess. Very rare in starting for use for them to use blood. I know they use it at the press conference with Julia versus Tam to build up their match at uh, All Star Grand Queendom. Utami bled in her match with Arisa Hoshinki back in 2019, I believe. Um, so we see her bloody mess. She's sacrificed herself. Pipe shots. Swanton's off the cage. Utami is like dead to right. So now you have Saki Kashima, who is like always the sole survivor, the chicken heel, always finds a way to be like one of the last ones to leave or the last ones to survive. We've seen it so much in the artist run she had with Momo and Starlight Kid, which again I covered on Patreon. Should be in your Patreon feed uh, if you are a member. And we did see it in the Ueto Tai versus Queen's Quest elimination match just uh, a few weeks ago. Always finds a way. This was perfect because it's like, is she going to find a way again in the biggest match, maybe in Queen's Quest history? So now, uh, Utami fires up. Last ditch effort. Clotheslines, German suplex, torture at bomb. Again, spams her big moves back to back to back after she, just a few minutes prior, hit Saki Kashima with the air raid crash off the top rope. Um, so now, I mean, she's she's got Saki Kashima dead to rights. Utami, the camera work here was just impeccable, just so good. Utami goes to climb the cage, and as she's climbing up, you see everybody from Queen's Quest and Oedo Tai on that side of the cage. You have like a mini brawl ensuing, and you just have Sai Kamatani screaming for her to get up, screaming for her to get up, and Momo's just taunting her. So you have the former leader, the defector, who turned turned on them a year and a half ago, who's trying to manipulate Sai Kamatani to leave leave queen's quest i did it look where i am i'm so much better you outgrew it and you see the two of them kind of going back and forth utami saki kashima at this time is barely moving utami gets almost to the top part of the cage and then all of a sudden you see momo climbing up the cage to go and stop her and then you see sai kamatani come up across from her to maybe stop momo and then momo gets handed the bat i believe from tora arena it doesn't matter and then, so you're like, okay, is Momo going to do the bat shot on Utami? But she hands it to Saya, basically saying, make your choice. And now I'm thinking, okay, if one of these members from Queen Quest leave, we still have a combination of Utami and Izumi, or uh, Saya and Izumi, or if Izumi was the one to leave Queen's Quest, we still have a Utami and Saya. So we still have two of the three main members, plus some really good, you know, unproving Lady C, Miyu, and Rina. Excuse me, Hina as well. But now I'm thinking... 
if Saya hits Utami with the baseball bat, Saya clearly is not going back to Queen's Quest. She's going to leave on her own, maybe join a way to tie. And then Utami's going to lose. She's going to bump off the cage and Saki's going to get out. So we're going to lose Saya Kamatani and Utami. I'm sitting on the edge of my couch like quarter after six in the morning, running on very, very little sleep. Because again, uh, if you're last week, I was kind of fighting off a cold. And I still decided to do six podcasts and, uh, you know, work because I'm not that smart. Anywho, so I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat. Where is this going to go? And it felt like this thing took forever in the best way possible. Sai Kamatani has the baseball bat and she hits Momo Watanabe with it. Momo takes a bump off the cage. Saya throws the baseball bat and then Sai is not done. She climbs over the beam grabs Utami's hand. Utami is exhausted. She's bloody. She's the MVP of this match, of this show, of the whole nine, showing that she's the best leader ever. Sai Kamatani pulls Utami up. Sai is crying. Utami's covered in blood. The two of them leave the cage together. Sai helps Utami do her ultimate goal and finally defeat Oedotai, leaving Saki Kashima in the ring as Queen's Quest is safe. Zumi said Queen's Quest is fine. She was right. I've never been more happy to be wrong in my life. And folks, I'm wrong all the time. I was so happy. I love, not only was this match great, all 12 ladies look great. The referee who, a minute in, I'm like, what's he doing in this match? Didn't realize he was there. I think, uh, you know, kind of maybe peel the back, the door back a little bit from what I, what I, I went back and watched it again last night. I think he was there to call spots, to help the wrestlers call spots in between each other. I uh, did very, very great job because I didn't notice he was there. It really looked like they were passing words back and forth to get to the other competitors in the ring. Fantastic stuff. Everybody looked great. Tora looked like a killer. She hasn't looked like that maybe ever. This looks like this is complete, just badass. And exactly what Oedo Tai and Stardom need, something different. Going into the five-star, there's one spot, or not one spot. So afterwards, uh, Utami and Sai are hugging on the ground, and Miyu goes to join the pile. Azumi looks up and notices there's a camera person there, so he gra- she grabs Miyu and pulls her back so the cameraman can get the shot of the two of them. And the camera work that I saw on Twitter with the pictures and just in this match were like second to none. I mean, just perfect, perfect stuff. They were in the right right place at the right time to make what was everything perfect even better. So uh, really great stuff. So we get the celebration from Queen's Quest, and Oedotai does the most dashly heel thing they can do. They go and jump. A fallen Saki Kashima. Everybody but Rena. So I don't know what they're going with there. Rena again, somebody that uh, somebody now we got to keep our eye on as well. Future Stardom champion, somebody that's been adopting a lot of the Hana Kamura mannerisms, which is great. So now we have to look to see what's going on with Rena. So the great job there. Uh, Queen's Quest coming for the save. They run them off. Tor is just all fired up, all pissed off, especially at Utami. We saw at the press conference just how aggressive she is at Utami. And again, Tor is somebody that was like. You know, when I first started watching Stardom, it was right before she got injured. She got injured. Um, I pretty much thought, like, Starlight Kid was the leader of Oedo Tai, um, just because she was the one doing all the work. Again, Tora's injured. Can't really do much. Then they bring Momo in. Huge fan of Momo. She's on my starter, Mount Rushmore. So I always had to peg that, like, Momo and Starlight Kid were, like, the leaders of Oedo Tai. Now Tora coming back and being this aggressive and this pissed off and this violent and this nasty. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. She's the leader of Oedo Tai. And in a company that you have Azuki, Shuri, Saikamatani, Utami, Julia, Mayu, Tam, etc., etc., etc. In this super stacked five-star field, you have Tor doing something completely different. 
looks like the last person you would want to be in the ring with or walk down a dark alley with on that side of roster. Looks like she would just absolutely maim you. And I think that's what's going to happen to the five star. I think you're going to see her, excuse me, her stock go up quite a bit, quite a bit in this five star win, lose, or draw. You're going to see, you know, what they're doing with Tor and what Tor is doing is just she's just separating herself from the pack here and a, a super stacked star roster. Um, uh, Zumi asks Saki Cashman to join her. Saki leaves. You don't know what's going on with there. You know, another great story. Uh, this is one of the best cage matches I've ever seen. Uh, this is five stars. Go out your way to go see it. The fact that I wasn't sure how this was going to work out with 12 people, weapons, and then you throw a referee in there. I'm like, how's this going to... Everybody winning in this match came out better. Even Rena and Hina, who were in and out quick. Again, I understand why you need to kind of feed everybody out. Saki Kashima, even though she's the one that technically lost the match, she's the one that everybody's kind of paying, outside of maybe Utami and Saya, that everybody's paying attention to. Because now it's like, ooh, where, where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? Um, Utami... Is I mean, she had one of the greatest World of Stardom Championship runs, um, you know, well over, well over a year. Uh, it was ten successful title defenses. I think she's. I think now it's like, we think we knew that all they had to do was just put a little bit of fire underneath her to heat her up, and this is what Stardom does. They break somebody down and build them back up, and this is what they did with Queen's Quest. This is what they did with Sai and Utami. Is it possible for a Sai Utami final? Um, I thought so. You know, when they made the when they showed that. Saya was in one block, Utami's in the other. I don't know if they're going to do that now. I don't know if they want to pull the trigger on that because I don't think they want to have the two of them face off against each other. I'm not really sure, but uh, I think Utami is the sure bet to win the five-star and then at the end of the year dethrone Tam if they decide to keep Tam uh, through the end of the year. I think that she is back to being the ace of stardom. I think she's the somebody that you're going to see another really long run with that they're just going to put all the chips where they were. And you got to remember when Utami won the belt in 2020 and 2021, we were in a COVID world where uh, there were restrictions. And if she wins the belt at the end of the year, uh, which I, I, again, you know, as I record, I think that's where they're going to go. I'll make my official prediction, you know, when we, when we get there at the end of the month, but I think it's a safe bet. I mean, she's the hottest thing going right now in stardom and, you know, in a promotion you have Julia, Tam, Mina, all these really hot commodities, you have somebody that's capable like like Utami, and you pull this angle off and pull it well and have her bloody and have her sacrificing herself for the greater good of the team and then apologizing to each and every member of Queen's Quest, especially Saya, saying, hey, this was on me. This was my fault. This was my make good. This is perfect, folks. This was per I was 6.30 in the morning running on next to no sleep knowing I had to work a, uh, a full shift at my side job and then come home and try to watch a five-hour Forbidden, for, Forbidden Door pay-per-view, which I did stay up for 80% of. Um, I was crying my eyes out like a little baby at 6.30 in the morning. I was so happy. I was so happy that uh, Queen's Quest won. Nobody's leaving. And it wasn't the destination that I thought we were going to get. I'm glad we got it. It was the journey that this match took us on for the last two, two and a half months with Saya and Utami bickering just the way that everybody looked great in this match. And uh, not only that, but like almost a two-year story with Momo leaving. And then basically using it. The reason why I left is I outgrew Queen's Quest. Sai, it's your turn. You clearly outgrew Queen's Quest. Momo was the longest reigning Wonder of Stardom champion. Um, gets the, uh, uh, you know, was the leader of Queen's Quest. Sai Kamatani broke Momo's record of being the longest uh, Wonder champion. 
And now, uh, you know, you think, well, hey, you did what I did, follow my footsteps. You thought that was the way they could have gone. Uh, they didn't. They kept Queen's Quest together. Super, super excited for it. Um, folks, let's get into this pay-per-view as we are nearing an hour and a half of me just talking by myself. Uh, it's crazy. I'm just glad I was able to kind of convey my emotions. And I wasn't the only one. I had so many people tell me, I cannot wait to hear what you, your thoughts and your thoughts and uh, uh, you know, on this match, and uh, I'm really, really glad that everybody was hyped that they wanted to hear, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know what I felt, and and uh, I always say, wrestling's the realest sport in the world. Really, don't say that f word around me. Wrestling's the realest sport in the world. Um, and what I mean by that, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons why I say it's real. It's because of the emotion that professional wrestling makes people feel. And again, you, you're running on next to no sleep, uh, coming off a cold. The fact that uh, at six thirty in the morning, that that's uh, that's the way this match made me feel. Stardom just Stardom's is special, folks. Stardom's is special. All right, let's go through this pay per view, shall we? So coming up this Sunday, Midsummer's Champions twenty twenty three. We get two pay per views in seven days, and then who knows what's gonna happen with the five star? But uh, we're all here for it, folks. Again, I'm recording this on the twenty seventh, Tuesday, the twenty seventh of June. So this is basically the card as I see it. So if anything changes, I do apologize. So match number one, I believe this is probably the pre-show match. Waka and Yuna Mizumori taking on the Queen's Quest team of Miyu Masaki and Hina. I do see, oh man, even though Queen's Quest is the hot topic right now, I do see maybe uh, Yuna getting the win here uh, for her team. So that would be my prediction. Uh, match number two, again, what I think will be match number one of the show. Classmates of Hazuki and Saida teaming with the rookie Aya Sakura taking on Suzu Suzuki, Mei Sierra, and the other rookie, Hanako. I see a win here for the uh, the Suzu team with uh, maybe Suzu getting the uh, pinfall or submission. I'd like to use that submission on Aya Sakura. Match number three. This is one I can't wait for. Queen's Quest. The newly, uh, we're all together, the strongest they've ever been. Queen's Quest of Utami, Sai Kamatani, Azumi, and Lady C taking on the Stars team of Mayu, Koguma, Hanan, and Momokogo. I see Momokogo eating the fall here. Queen's Quest is definitely going to get the win here. Momokogo ever improving. Hana's fantastic. Koguma has great chemistry with uh, all these ladies, really. Um, obviously, Azumi with the high-speed stuff. Her match with Utami at the uh, finals of last year's five-star was great. And Mayu's Mayu. This match for an eight-person tag match, really, really looking forward to it. Uh, match number four. Donald Del Mundo team of Julia, Tekla, May Sakurai, and Micah. Taking on the Ueno Tech team of Tora, Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, and Rina. This will be interesting because you know Momo and Tora are going to come out all pissed off. Uh, Ruaka's, she'll be great as well. But I think we'll see the angle continuing with Rina. Um, again, Rina did not participate in the beatdown of Saki Kashima. And uh, Tora let her know about it. I do. I, it would be nice to see Tora get a win here to really just amp her up going into the five-star. But I think the DDM team is going to get the win here with Ruaka taking the fall and maybe Rina being at fall. Um, we do have a uh, passion injection match with Starlight Kid versus Nanai Takahashi. I think Starlight Kid gets the win here. I think she needs to get the win here. Again, especially coming off his cage mask loss, especially how great Starlight Kid looked in that match. Um, I think Starlight Kid needs to get the win here. and needs to be the one to kind of break the uh, passion injection match uh, streak of Nanai Takahashi. Uh, match number six, it is not billed as a tag title match. However, I think it'll change. Again, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Um, it is not being billed as the, uh, the tag title match. But 
it is uh, Midsummer's Champions. So we need to see some champions here. So the new team, the new champions, Rose Gold, Mina Shirakawa, and Mariah May, taking on the uh, the guys' eye team of Shuri and Amisori. I predict a Rose Gold win here with Amisori maybe taking another fall, another fall from Mina here, um, or maybe Mariah May. But I hope they do turn this into a tag title match. Again, the name of your show is Midsummer's Champions. I think you need to have at least three title matches on here. Um, scrap match, Natsupoi versus Sori Anu. Oh, boy. I don't know where this one's going to go, but I'm really interested for it. Um, I'm going to say Sori Anu gets the win here. I think you're going to see maybe a more of a darker side here, and I do expect her as uh, we get into the fall to leave Cosmic Angels and go to Donald Del Mundo. Match number nine, our eight, which is being built as the co-main event, Saki Kashima versus Fukin Death. This is going to be interesting because Fukin was not in that cage match. Saki Kashima's partner with We Love Tokyo Sports in the last two Goddess of Stardom tournament. Um, Saki Kashima, the uh, high-speed champion, obviously a high-speed championship match, excuse me. Uh, I see Saki Kashima getting the win here. I don't think she is going to drop the title until she has that one-on-one singles match with May Sierra. But we're going to see going to be very interesting, a lot of eyes on what's going to happen with Saki Kashima, especially... Her being the one that has to leave a widow tie and then getting jumped. Main event, match number nine. This is going to be fantastic. This is going to be worth the price of a mission known alone. Tam Nakano defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Mirai. This is Mirai's second shot at the title. She obviously earned this when she won the uh, 2023 uh, Cinderella Tournament. Mirai had that fantastic match with Sayaka Matani last year at, I believe, Flashing Champions. So uh, this is going to be something that I'm really, really looking forward to. I don't think they're going to have Mirai win two back-to-back uh, uh, tournaments to qualify for championship matches and then lose. I mean, I know they did it with Mayu in 2015-2016. I think Mirai gets the win here. I do. I do. I think Mirai gets the win here. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Tam. Again, this is another main event that I'm not sure which way they can go, which is unpredictable, which, which makes for a good thing. Um, super excited to see it. I know that uh, Rob and I talked a few weeks ago on this podcast about, well, don't you think it should have been just have Mina just retain, give Mina another one or two championship, uh, you know, retains and then have Mariah win. I think it would mean more in the grand scheme of things if Mariah beats Tam for the white belt. Not only Tam for the white belt, but Tam while Tam is the red belt champion. So now Mariah, and they've been doing a pretty good job building this up after, um, they did get into it in the middle of the pay-per-view. Mariah just floored Tam with uh, with a lariat. Um, if Mariah beats Tam, who is the red belt champion at the time, Mariah can say, not only did I win the white belt, the wonder belt, but I beat the world of stardom champion. And maybe it's a match. Maybe they can kind of run backwards. Uh, even if Mariah's the wonder champion, um, they can just do it just for Tam's world of stardom championship. So Tam could kind of get her win back. Especially if the match is really good, which I have no, no reason why it wouldn't be run this one back, uh, you're going to drop money as well. So, uh, folks, as we near an hour and a half of me by myself, that is going to do it. Uh, thank you guys so much for bearing with me. Uh, hope you guys appreciate the uh, the show as much as I did. The cage matching let me know. I had so many people on, uh, on social media DM me and emails and whatnot that uh, a lot of people felt the same way I did about it, just the way they went about it. I know the starting booking has been kind of a little wonky this year especially with the Cinderella tournament, you know, Tam double champion after they built Mean Up, whatever, you know, the wrestling's still really good. 
but this might be the best angle they've ever done in 12 years. Um, if there's an angle that you like better, you think that's better, let me know. You guys know how to get a hold of me. Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter. Um, you know, let me know what are the matches you're looking for in the five star. Want to give me some early predictions? Uh, again, Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter. It's the best way to get a hold of me. I will get back to you as soon as possible. Also, um, if you want to shoot me an email, perfectly fine as well. The Starcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, that is going to wrap, wrap it up for this episode. We greatly appreciate your support. If you have not done yet, check out the website. Um, please go over to the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. The YouTube channel is growing, something we're putting a focus on. We're trying to get some more content on there as well. If you have not done so, please leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts. It helps the algorithm out and get this show out to as many people as possible. Folks, we cannot do this without you. I thank you all so much. Like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Thanks again. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.